Good evening and welcome to another episode of the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. We are joined by San Antonio Athenian player Michelle Hogan. Uh, first and foremost, ladies first. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome, awesome. And then also to Jose, we got a, a, another special guest with us almost it feels like. Uh, Jose is going <laughs> to be able to join us for a, pretty much every episode I think this month because you're on, on the day shift. So that's something I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to. Yeah, I'm glad to be back for another episode, guys. A uh, lot of news, a lot of news to cover around San Antonio soccer. So excited about that. Absolutely. And as always, Harry, uh, with us again this evening. So uh, we're excited to be talking to you, Michelle, and, and get to learn a little bit more just kind of uh, about your adventures and everything and, and women's soccer. Yes. Yeah, but first and foremost, how does it feel to just be back in San Antonio and, and playing with some of your old friends and teammates? It feels amazing to be back. I'm so happy to be here with the Athenians. And, you know, I have a bunch of friends here. I have a life here, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's great to be back. I love yeah. San Antonio. It's definitely a home away from home for me. Absolutely. Now, now clear something up for us. We, we were talking last episode. Have you and Billy officially tied the knot yet? <laughs> we have not. That's, uh, <laughs> that's been going around. Um, I think some... <laughs> There's been some posts on social media of people that are a little confused. Should know that, Scott. You haven't gotten an invite in the mail yet. Thank you. <laughs> now you're just trying to make me feel good. That's what I said. I feel like I should know that, like, if it had happened, well, even I while you were out there in Phoenix. I know that, too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So still engaged, still doing well. Obviously, we're glad to have Billy back, but... We'll talk about him another day. Right now, we want to focus on uh, everything that you guys are doing. So tell us a little bit just about how kind of the team is, is taking shape and everything. Obviously, some of y'all have played together already, but um, how are you guys gelling and everything? Um, it's great. I mean, each practice, new players come out, so it's adjusting to, you know, new faces. There are some familiar faces, so that's a good you know foundation to build with. The familiar faces here and all the girls that have played together before that know how to connect, know what balls each other are asking for, you know, how each other plays. So it's really good to be back, but it's also really good to have new faces and new talent and see, you know, other girls from San Antonio and the surrounding areas that, uh, that love the sport and out here to play with us. So it's, it's going, it's going pretty well. We're learning to mesh. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, that's awesome. I, I know Harry, you, uh, you, you kind of had a question that, that you wanted to ask Michelle, take it away, buddy. Yeah, so my question was, uh, since the last time you were here, there was just the Athenians. Um, yes. This season, there will be a total of five teams, uh, you know, you know, three in the UPSL, um, or not UPSL, but uh, two in the UPSL, three in the what, WPSL, and then one in the WSL. So a lot has changed, a lot more opportunities uh, for young women, um, you know, on there. So your thoughts on that and, and, you know, how exciting it must be for, you know, like my daughter who, you know, who'll be 10 to be able to see, hey, there, there's there's an avenue to play soccer comparatively to a few years ago where there were, you know, at least you know, there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing that there's uh, so many teams branching out in San Antonio. There's teams for girls to look up to and, you know, dream about being on. When I was younger, uh, I didn't really have a team to look up to. There weren't any outlets. And um, I think a lot of girls get discouraged that, you know, there aren't a lot of opportunities past uh, college or even, you know, going to college. So, 
that seems like an end and a lot of girls end up leaving the sport who are really good at it and love it. Um, so having so many teams in San Antonio is nice for, you know, girls to dream and girls to, you know, keep their heart in it and have a place to, to go once their club is over. Um, I am curious to see how the talent divides across the teams though. So I'm, I'm interested in that with so many teams in, uh, in one area, how, you know, how the talent's going to go. Is it going to go across the board or, you know, is the team team's going to be stronger? I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, Michelle, uh, how, how do you feel about um, the international friendly that everybody's talking about against oh, Pumas? I'm, I'm super excited. You know, when we played uh, the in the international friendlies with Bithynians, with Tigres, and um, last two years ago, I keep wanting to say last season. <laughs> we missed a season. Uh, uh, two years ago, those were amazing games. Those were, you know, like the games of my life. They're they're so good and so competitive and so quick. It's humbling to play against those teams and, and their speed of play. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend and the matchup. Also, uh, I want to follow up on that. Um, speaking about Liga MX, uh, the Athenians have brought in uh, uh, Profe Jorge Rangel into the mix. Um, uh -huh. How has he helped you guys? Is, is there something um, in specific that stands out about him? Uh, just going through his curriculum, man. He he's he's been under um, uh, Miguel Mejia Barón, which is a historic coach in Mexico, and as well as uh, uh, Vucevich. So, how ha, what has he brought in that maybe you haven't seen before? Um, what I really like about him is the style of play. What I was just saying about those international friendlies that we've played before, and their speed of play is really quick. They they switch the ball really fast. They make you run. They, they t wear you out, and that's kind of his style is, you know, he's looking for those short, short longs. He's looking to make us, you know, play the ball across and real quick one-touch passes. Your first touch has to be on point. He really focuses on that and stresses that, and I think it's really good for us. That's something that I think we uh, struggle with in the U.S. in the girls' game is speed of play, and so I'm, I like that that's a focus of our, of our practices. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I was kind of just curious. Um, I know you said that you had played, uh, obviously, with FC Tucson when you were out there um, in Arizona, WPSL Club as well. Just kind of, and not because Pete is around you anywhere or anything, but what was it like kind of playing for FC Tucson after having played for the Athenians? Because I, I saw kind of how you guys were treated and, and just the professionalism of the club. Um, yeah, FC Tucson was great. Uh, the girls were amazing players. They made it really far. Um, it was different. We had great facilities and um, and a lot brought to us, but um, it's more, a lot of WPSL teams cater towards, you know, the college girls that are on break. And so that's kind of how that team was. You know, the games were really good and we won and we made it really far, but it was more, you know, they're practicing at college and then showing up at the game. The Athenians were practicing together. You know, you need to be here. Uh, obviously there's always a few girls that it's harder to make it to every practice with college and living, you know, further away. But um, there was a lot more of just coming to games and the team meshing there and playing. Uh, there were practices, but uh, it was more, you know, a place for girls to play outside of college. Here, we're, we're really focused on just like everybody being together all the time. And this is a like kind of the season. So Absolutely. But gotcha. I enjoyed my time there and I mean, there was, really good talent in uh, FC Tucson.
Gotcha. Well, I, I know we're happy to have you back. Obviously, you and Billy both. It's kind of like one of those pairs that, you know, y'all just come with each other. So uh, it's nice for both the uh, <laughs> men's game and the uh, women's game here in San Antonio. And Billy was actually telling me a, a funny story uh, when I was out there the other day. He said that really and truly the only reason he ended up playing for the Scorpions was because um, he was graduating from college at the time, kind of trying to stay here in the States. And uh, one of his buddies had told him about the Corinthians that he was going to go yes. down and try out yeah. for and actually ended up getting looked at by the Scorpions and, and the rest is history. So Yeah, it was something, I don't know if they played or what happened, but yeah, I've heard that story and it was kind of him coming this way. That was that was right when we met. Uh, really? It's always really fun for us. You know, Billy proposed to me at the stadium, but that was, not many people know, that was actually where we had our first date. We went to a Scorpions game together. We uh, we met at the stadium and uh, and went to a game together. That's <laughs> well, you know, thank you again for coming on. Jose, Harry, did you guys have any final questions for Michelle? Because I just have one more. I just want to wish them good luck on, yeah. on uh, this coming weekend. And, um, you know, it, hopefully it's, it's a start to uh, uh, another good season uh, here in San Antonio. And, and they're going to represent, I'm sure they're going to represent the city of San Antonio well. Absolutely, Harry. Any, any any final wishes or anything like that? Yeah, I just wanted to echo that. Just you know, you know, I can't wait to get out there and, and break out my Athenian scarf. And uh, I think my daughter still has an Athenian shirt. Not sure if it'll still fit because she's a couple of years older now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to be able to go out and, and watch the girls play. So um, I think that's what I'm most excited about is you know because AJ's got to see you know the men play and you know you know so far Anna hasn't had the opportunity for a lot of women's action. So. That, that that's the key thing for me of being a you know a parent of young kids that you know enjoy the game absolutely well michelle i just got one more question for you before we let you get back to practice so uh how's your greek mythology it's not very good <laughs> <laughs> in high school for like a semester <laughs> all right well let, let, let's see if you can get this one right so uh, obviously athenians reference to athena athena was the uh, protector of the city goddess of war who no, was one. who was Athena's father? Zeus. You got it. Zeus is like everyone's father. So. I guess this is true. I, maybe the question wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be. I thought I could stump you, but it all goes back to Zeus. It all goes back to Zeus. <laughs> it's like that kid in Bible school when they ask a question. It's like Jesus. <laughs> you know, like it's always Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle, well, we're looking forward to Sunday. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, best of luck to you and uh, the rest of the girls. We look forward to following you this season. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was great. So there's a lot of stimulation around me. So uh, it's distracting. But <laughs> to be here. All right. Well, thanks again, Michelle. We always enjoy having you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to uh, just do some adjustments real quick, and, and we'll be right back to uh, finish up the show, so don't go anywhere. Again, thank you, Michelle, for joining us. Uh, glad to have her on. Like uh, we've said before, we definitely want to try and bring more player interviews and things like that uh, to you guys during the pod. So uh, anybody else, uh, Samba, you know, we'll just have to figure out who's next, uh, so just stay tuned. Uh, but definitely want to kind of get into the uh, meat of things now. Uh, obviously, good thing we are doing this show on Wednesday because I feel like Twitter has just been blowing up with announcements ever since the uh, preseason friendly on Saturday. So, uh, Harry, I'll let you start us off, man. What was uh, first on, on your list that, that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, so just a kind of a quick recap. I don't know if we actually covered it or it was tossed in. 
um, but with the high schools we haven't touched uh, recently on and <clears throat> I know uh, as far as last last time we really went into uh, the San Antonio Christian girls you know, lost in the semifinals of the TAPS playoffs. Uh, the San Antonio uh, college prep girls lost in the quarterfinals two to one. Um, but I think we touched on it last week, but the you know, Central Catholic boys won four to nothing, their third title in a row. And then uh, the TMI uh, Episcopal boys uh, won three to two uh, in the division two. Uh, for that here. Um, I don't think neither one of us have been out to any games here recently. You know, just, I, I know I, last week was quite a bit with SAFC with the graffiti night, which we'll kind of touch a little bit later and, um, you know, with the game on Saturday, but uh, just kind of recap here as far as looks like the interesting races here in uh, the standings in, in 26A, uh, 6A boys, um, you know, it's, you know, really kind of a three horse uh, race right now for district here. New Braunfels leads uh, with a record of six wins, one loss and two ties. Uh, Shirts Clements is right behind it, seven and seven wins, two losses. Um, and then kind of on the outside, New Braunfels Canyons, at, you know, five wins, one loss, three ties. So, um, you know, for that one there, uh, 27, six, a, uh, boys, at uh, least, you know, you know, kind of got the, uh, commanding lead, but in the battle of second, you got Johnson and Reagan, at, you know, a half, you know, half a game split between them. And then in 28, six, a boys is probably the most competitive, especially here on the, on the North side. Um, and this week, actually, you got, you know, one verse four and two verse three, where, uh, Marshall's, uh, got eight wins, one loss, three ties. Jay and Warren both have eight wins, one loss, and four ties as far as in district play. Um, and then Brennan's, you know, behind, uh, you know, with uh, seven, yeah, seven wins, five losses, and one tie. So they're a little bit back. But um, that top three there is, you know, is, is a pack. And, and, you know, even if you go to their overall records, you know, Marshall's got the most wins at 12, 3, and 3, and, and the other two are at 11, 2, and 4. So, um, as far as races, that's the one, you know, in San Antonio to look at. Um, as far as for the ladies, uh, 26, uh, 6A, uh, Search Clemens, uh, pretty much got the league already locked down. But, uh, you know, for second, uh, you know, New Braunfels Canyon and New Braunfels is uh, 6 and 3, 6 wins, 3 losses. And Cibolo Steels, uh, one game back at 5 and 4. Um, 27, 6A, uh, Johnson and Reagan, once again, are, are kind of battling it out for first. Uh, uh, neither one have lost in conference. Um, you know, uh, Johnson's six wins, three ties. Uh, Reagan's uh, five and uh, five wins, four ties. Uh, for that, interesting is though that Reagan um, has really only lost once on the year. So, um, you know, that one's a real tight race. Um, and then twenty-eight six A Clark. Uh, you know, as far as for the ladies, you know, has a two, you know, twelve and zero, two-game lead, and and Brandeis and O'Connor are trying to battle for the second uh second and third spot there so um it's getting closer to playoff time yep. so standings are starting to come together a little bit and you're seeing some breaks and and then you're seeing some um you know dog fights you know like the you know the 2868 boys which you know you and i might uh see if we can sneak out and see jay versus warren because that'll be uh, a dog fight <laughs> i think that'll be a good one at gustison at seven o'clock and, and like i said here um what's nice if you know field one and field two um, if you get in, you know, you'll be able to see Marshall and, and Brennan uh, play as well. So lots of lots of soccer action, uh, you know, for there here. But uh, your thoughts on, you know, just a brief cap of 
of the standings, anything that sticks out? Yeah, well, no, like you said, I, I think, you know, a lot of it's the usual suspects. Um, I think Jay is going to be one of those teams that, you know, we didn't really talk about a whole lot at the beginning of the season, but they typically, well, I shouldn't say typically, because I think last year was one of the first years that they actually made playoffs, but um, they've got a pretty good squad too. So yeah, I'm definitely going to go out there uh, after I talk to the wife, of course, and ask for permission on uh, Friday to uh, check out that game. Uh, excited to get back into some high school action. Like you said, a lot been going on with just the Athenians starting to kick off, Samba starting mm-hmm. to kick off, and uh, you know SAFC with all their stuff. We kind of knew the spring was going to be a, a little bit crazy and a little bit hectic with uh, all the action and all the new teams that we were expecting. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, like you said, uh, starting to get a little bit closer to playoffs. About a month left in the season yeah, before they start getting into the district play or the by district and the regionals and stuff like that. So uh, things are this next month here in March. I mean, that's going to be it, you know. And unfortunately for a lot of these seniors, um, that may be the last time they play. Uh, so it's always kind of How a bittersweet playoff structured here, uh, you know. Because when I was trying to go onto the UIL site, it was more of the the bracket. But you know, they meant, you mentioned by district and regional. Do they kind of, you know, part down on, on a league level, um, you know, and, and then go out? Or is it kind of, you know, I know they're in regions like region four, region one, region Right, two, region six. Here. So, yeah, that's kind of how they'll do it. They'll start doing some bi-district play, you know, where you mix up like NISD and NEISD and, and how they form that bracket and everything. So you'll start having some cross-district play in the playoffs before it goes on to regionals, which – it's kind of each team out of that, you know, quarter group or whatever as they advance into the playoffs. And then that's where the Valley teams and, and Corpus teams kind of come in. And Coppell and some of the teams from Dallas and stuff like that will start to come in. Is it really until, you know, towards the end of that regional level? So uh, definitely be uh, close watching that uh, as we get a little bit closer to the end of the season. Cordinia, one thing I thought that uh, you might find interesting, actually, that I'm not sure if you were aware of, but uh, – Laredo Junior College is actually going to be in town this weekend for some sort of tournament against like UIW and uh, Trinity oh, wow. University, I believe. So, if- yeah, um, they they re- and that's a brand new soccer program. They, I believe, they're maybe in their second or third year. Okay, um, they're the junior college. Usually, it's uh, uh, the university down there, Texas A&M International University. That's uh, that's been the main program in Laredo. Um, actually, the Laredo Heat from the NPSL plays at the university um, soccer fields. Oh, but okay. The college, yeah, the junior college, um, you know, and and I believe in the first, they've gone pretty far as far as their... Um, Jayco's go. Yeah, Jayco's go. They, they, they've gone, I believe they've gone on nationals. Uh, I have to check, but I, I know they, they've, uh, since their first year, they, the first two or three years that they've, they, they they've had a well uh, uh, um, a successful program down there. Gotcha. Well, yeah, no, Coach Rex Rutt was just telling me that uh, before the show. I was catching up with him kind of and seeing what was going on with those guys. Um, but, yeah, he had mentioned that to me, so I thought, well, shoot, that may be something that, you know, if you don't have anything going on on Saturday, we need to look into and kind of find out, like, when those games are going to be because that might be cool to go see him play Trinity or University. Well, what's Park. interesting is Trinity plays uh, SAFC on Saturday as well. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Play I don't know at eleven uh, on, uh, you know, you know, I'm not, you know, it's a friendly closed door you know, along those lines, but uh, right for preseason. For preseason, yeah. So yeah. I do know that, you know, unless that's changed, but you know, according to the schedule, it's it is supposed to be um, closed you know, door, obviously, but yeah, right, yeah. Door. Well, 
we'll have to look and see. Um, on Friday, and then, and, you know, of course, that's obviously closed door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Trinity, which, you know, I expect Trinity, you know, obviously college teams, I understand that being closed door for, for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it was not closed door on Saturday this past weekend. You know, I don't know if we really want to get into the USL news yet. Uh, just a, a couple more pieces I think we wanted to touch on before we get into that. Um, but Samba and uh, the Athenians both just uh, announcing a ton of players over the last Man, 40 hours. This is how I feel right now. <laughs> All these player announcements are coming at me. I can't keep up. Who's signing? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good to see, though. It's good to see that they're, the teams are finally uh, taking shape, you know, after um, a long-awaited um, time that, you know, as far as when we first heard the announcements of Samba releasing their um, – uh, what, do you, what do you want to say? Statement of they were, that they were going to have form a, a, a women's team, right? And then we found out that the Athenians were coming back. So it's, it's, it's been a long time coming. And it's finally taking uh, the snowballs taking into effect. So the snowball effect. Man, you aren't kidding. I mean, it was like you know they announced uh, Hannah Player, I believe, first, who was a former first, Athenian, yes. yeah, Michelle. former teammate of yeah. uh, Michelle Hogan. So it's like you know you can kind of see Hogan the rivalry. Yeah. And then Michelle got announced, yeah, and then, like, uh, uh, Samba came back out and uh, announced their yeah. second player, which was their keeper, right, Harry? Was that the second one? Rian Garcia, yeah. Rian Garcia, who uh, yeah. she's looked pretty solid, played for the Blossoms last year, right? Was keeper for the right. Blossoms. So, uh, and then all of a sudden, the Athenians come out and announce Allison Fahey, I believe, was mm-hmm. their second. Correct. So, I mean, and then you Samba just... came back with Kira Teal, and then what Issa Valdez? Yep, uh, yeah, from Athenians, from Athenians, from the Mexican uh, national player. <laughs> so. And then uh, Samba came back. Yeah, well, I'm not sure which one who announced first or last on this one here, but uh, both of them announced uh, forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samba with uh, Isabella von uh, Tuisent, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, and uh, Leslie Rios for the Athenians. So mm-hmm. we've got at least eight women uh, that we know of, and you know, quite a few of them have past history. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in San Antonio, playing with the Athenians, um, and I know you know uh, John reached out to you and gave you a little bit more information about you know three of the girls mm-hmm. uh, with Samba, so and their connections here. So um, as far as for the the um, the players, um, what I'm most excited about is between Samba and Athenians. There's actually news, you know, and last year with the Blossoms, it was, <laughs> hey, we're That's playing, right. maybe. <laughs> That's yeah. right. From, from no news to, uh, as Jose just mentioned, uh, information overload, which it's not bad. It's it's a great thing. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, just those three players, uh, Hannah Player, Ray Ann Garcia, and Kira Teal all play together at SA United as well um, and, and were coached by uh, Augie Mendez, who is the coach for Samba's women's team. So going back to play for their old coach, you know, we were just talking with Michelle about – going to be interesting to see kind of how the talent gets split up. Um, obviously, you know, coaching and, and who you're playing for and having that relationship is, is definitely going to help. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see the different levels as well between the leagues. Yeah. Um, talent levels or just, just on how the leagues can, I guess, talent level on the, on, on the, on the field, you know, um, you know, I think all of them will be very competitive, you know, don't get me wrong. And, you know, but, you know, it, you know, to me, when you've got three separate leagues, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how it is. And, and one of the things, you know, you know, in doing, you know, my article um, that, you know, that we, uh, 
put out as far as like a you know a spring you know FAQ of the San Antonio soccer is you know like the Athenians are playing in a league that's you know in their division that only have four teams including them um, where Samba is what got six teams in, in the UPSL and then of course uh, the WPSL which is the I don't want to say well it's more established you know compared to the UPSL um, I think they got what eight nine teams so they're going to be the the you know the largest one there but uh It'll be interesting just to kind of see on how the schedules and and how the teams, um, you know, you know, obviously mesh, but just you know the different talent of the teams that are coming in as well. I think the local teams will be very, very well and, and very competitive. But it's also you know let's see you know what what the visitors that are coming into town and, and what they bring. Yeah, like you said, I, I think each league is obviously going to be competitive, uh, kind of in its own regard. But it is yeah, having three different leagues, it's like. And interesting enough, uh, we were looking on Facebook and, and talking to Coach Rexrow, and uh, you know the they announced that Samba FC Women's would be playing and the UPSL Central Conference South, which almost indicates that there may be the possibility um, for another Central Conference division. Um, so we'll just have to kind of stay tuned to that, see if there's any announcements that come out. Um, well, I do know, you know, kind of breaking away from there is, you know, the other, well, the other big news for UPSL is uh, Mr. Brent Miller, uh, uh, co-owner of Keen FC, is uh, taking on the role of uh, Matt Kohala as the uh, UPS Central Conference Manager. And, and I know you and I have talked to Matt since then, um, and his focus is on trying to help build up the women's division as well as the youth. Um, but in reaching out to Brent, uh, he mentioned uh, a couple of goals that he was working on because, you know, on his on his announcement, it's, you know, it's very brief saying, hey, he's just, you know, he's you know going to be trying to fill the big shoes that Matt left behind. Um, but his number one thing that he's going to be working on, which I think is outstanding, is, is focusing on bringing more attention to the top players of the teams. Um, he mentioned it seems like the owners are, are more, you know, well-known than the players, which um, I think you and I can, can attest to that, that it's hard to know who's on the field. So, you know, if we can get any branding or, you know, you know highlighting the, you know, the, the popular players or the top players on the lake, that's only going to, you know, be beneficial. And then the next thing that they're going to be doing is, is working to, you know, build up the, the women's division like they did the men's. And um, that's where I'm kind of excited about, you know, is, is being able to kind of see, um, I know John's mentioned, you know, with Samba that, you know, he would love to have kind of the double headers, you know, out, you know, out of weekly and, and to be able to see more of the teams. I know Alamo city is going to be starting in the fall, um, you know, you know, over here on, on the, you know, far West side of San Antonio. So um, that's the other thing I'm looking for. Um, if you do have any uh, questions, uh, either about men's women's or youth clubs, uh, Brent did say you can email them directly at Brent at UPSL soccer.com. Um, so be nice <laughs> if you have you know, any questions, uh, you know, you know, don't, don't be rude if, if you don't get the right call in a, in a match. But. <laughs> Start complaining <laughs> about the referees. Hey, and just a quick note for clarification, uh, Samba just sent us a message and, uh, Ray and Garcia also played for Athenians and Isabella Correct. also played at United. So my apologies for leaving those out, but obviously, yeah, those girls are playing together. Now, my understanding, too, is their schedule uh, might have gotten pushed back a little bit. They're waiting for uh, a few more teams that want to join. That might be where this second conference kind of comes into play. Um, originally, they were supposed to start their season on May 5th, I believe, and uh, we're just kind of waiting for uh, some official announcements and everything uh, on that. So, Well, more teams, is, you know, is better, you know, you know, you know, you know, the other big news this week, you know, from UPSL and 
um, you know, was that, you know, they finally announced a backcountry football club. Um, I know we've been kind of talking about and, and seeing the whispers about them for, you know, for a couple of weeks. And then of course the one locally that, you know, we've talked about is the Corinthians uh, were able to uh, sneak into the UPSL in the South division. So kind of replacing Samba, um, you know, in the South while Samba moved over to the heart. So, you know, I don't know if it's just going to be for the spring and then, um, you know, when the, you know, when they do go to the pro L within the heart, they'll, they'll slide back over. So um, that'll be kind of the next big thing that we're going to have to start hearing pretty quick is the Corinthians starting to, uh, you know, fill out their roster since, uh, you know, since they're starting out here now. You and I were, you know, and Jose were out there uh, what, last Friday, I believe, mm-hmm. um, you know, out on the practice field, you know, watching the Corinthians and the uh, Athenians. Um, anything that stood out to you, uh, you know, from the time out there? Other than the, I thought the facility was very good. So, you know, like I said here, it was, it was the first time I'd been out there. And, and like I said here, I really enjoyed it, especially being nestled in the neighborhood there. Um you know, for that here. So I thought that was kind of outstanding. And, and you know, as they discussed here, you know, being able to kind of help keep that expense down. And uh, to me, you know, a central location where the players know, hey, we, you know, we got to be there and you don't have to chase fields around or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a nice complex um, as far as like, you know, being able to pick out any spectacular players or, or anything like that kind of from the practice. I, I don't know. Um, I know Phil Duenas Jr. was out there that we've talked about before. Obviously, he's a Trinity player that appears that he's going to be playing for Corinthians. So that would definitely be one name to watch. But um, still kind of a little too early for me to tell, really. You know, I'm more of like a game time mm-hmm eye test kind of guy, I guess. I, I don't know. We saw a couple of nice shots uh, just on some finishing drills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, they looked like a bunch of scrubs out there or anything, but <laughs> it was a, yeah, it's, it's a nice facility. It's, it's neat to see what they've got going on. Um, I know that Samba has their training uh, at one o'clock. They're practicing over at McAllister right now. Um, so I'll probably go check them out on Saturday as well and, and kind of get to talk to some of their players and, and get a better feel for uh, their team. Um, but you know, you mentioned uh, back country and uh, or back county, whichever one it is, and back um, county. yeah, um, I, I guess um, they're having to kind of cram in a bunch of their games just due to scheduling conflicts. So we may see some pretty interesting uh, scheduling for them, uh, you know, here and when they have to play some of their San Antonio rivals. And then the only other thing that we had for the you know the, the lower level GPSL along those lines, or I guess WSL. Uh, with the Athenians is, is the March 3rd uh, against uh, what, Liga MX uh, Feminal. Is that correct? Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I know tickets are 10 bucks. I forget the exact location where it's at here. I think Scott has that. Um, but I'm interested to kind of see what the crowd will be this Sunday. Um, I had a family event kind of scheduled, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out. I'm hoping to be able to do that, but uh, we'll We'll see if uh, I can pull those strings uh, for that here. But uh, thoughts on on the on the big match? Here, um, I mean, Jose, yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. So Pumas right now, they're they're so the women's uh, league in Mexico is divided into two groups, just randomly divided into two teams. There's no east, west, or north or south. Okay. Um, and Pumas, they're in one of the groups, and I believe they're in second place in one of the groups. Um, so they're doing pretty good this season. Um, they are in the middle of their season and they're having like a two week bye. all the teams are having some sort of two week bye, and, um, you know, they're coming out here and playing and I'm guessing they took the match in order to stay in, in, in game shape. 
Well, you um, think that's for the international break? Because I know there's some uh, women's. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. The USA women's. Oh, she believes cups on. going on. Yeah. Um, the art. Yeah. I saw Canadians. I think they were up in with the Argrave Cup up in what the North America. Yeah, North America. yeah Mexico was playing Asia, in that type of that type of competition. Mexico was playing in Italy, and they actually lost five zero. So that was a that was a bad one. Um, but um, I'm curious to see what what, what team did they bring? Did they bring in uh? Full starters, they mix it up, maybe half half time full starters, half time, you know, because because they are off these two weeks, so it would be interesting to see. And um, you know, Pumas is one of the top uh, the big four teams in Mexico, mm -hmm. so um, I don't know how they. I'm not too sure how they're gonna uh, draw as far as uh, fan wise because they're they're from Mexico City, so regionally they don't hold that uh, much of a, a grip on 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 the fan uh, wise. Um, but uh, they are a big team. They have a lot of history. Um, so we'll see. The, the, um, the women's team have, has not won the, the league so far, but uh, they, they are up there. You know, they're, they're in, for sure in the, in the top uh, half of the table. I think they'll draw well. Just, I, I think the name with the Athenians and, and the, you know, their past history, and especially you know, with Michelle and, and Allison, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know they're, you know, they're probably one of the most popular women's players that, that I know of in, in San Antonio, you know, in my limited experience here. So I think they will, you know, with, you know, with the social media that I've seen, um, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of positive, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to go out and, and check it out. And that'll be interesting to see how many actually, you know, follow through with it. But uh, uh, I think it'll be a decent crowd coming out, you know, for it. But um, you do you do bring up a good point. What the Athenians only have four announced players, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what you know what kind of uh, team that they filled as well. Yeah, I think they've got a, a pretty good idea who their kind of core group is, you know. Right. And I'm sure we'll see some more announcements and stuff like that, obviously, uh, throughout the week and everything. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited for the uh, the match there on a Sunday. I, I did go check out because I just hadn't seen the the new Cornerstone Christian uh, Church or school and stadium and everything, and so went out there and checked out the stadium. And it, it, it's a nice stadium as well, so um, it will be interesting, I think, just to kind of see the turnout. One thing I will kind of say though, you know, you talked about the popularity of the players and, and stuff like that. Um, one thing I've seen Athenians do that I think is kind of unique is uh, like when it comes to ticket sales and stuff like that, they actually ask their players, you know, to help out with that. So their players are out there in the community reaching out to friends and family and stuff like that and trying to sell tickets and everything for these events. It really gets them involved, you know, and kind of makes them more of a part of it, I think. And uh, I think it really has a positive impact, like you said, on the community and, and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that, you know, I've noticed that they're doing and, and kind of unique in that aspect. And I, I definitely think it's paid off just in terms of the players getting out there and, and San Antonio kind of getting to know some of these girls versus, you know, some of the other clubs like Blossoms and things like that that we saw last year where, you know, not, not only was there no social media involvement, um, you know, there really wasn't any city engagement or anything like that you know like in person so just a, just you, a side note you bring up a great point and, and i'll counter with i probably know more athenian players and they've only been around one year than than you know outside of safc or, or the scorpions than, than any team you know you know whether it's you know you know upsl or you know you know any of the any other any of the other leagues that, that have been here you at least know who they are where 
Um, one of the challenging things with Samba, and, and I know, you know, we know John, we work with John, but, you know, outside of a few players, you know, really you don't know who they are, you know, just, just for the fact that, you know, you know, you know, I don't see that fan engagement or along those lines as well as the Athenians did. Now they've improved each year. So, and like I said, it's a new season and, and I know um, John wears many, many hats and, and his staff's kind of grown in, in a couple of years to where um, it'll be interesting to see what, what new things that he's got coming up that, you know, this season here, but um, you know, between them, the runners and, and through there, um, you know, to me, you bring up a great point where, where the Athenians players were well known and, and, and sure they were the first, you know, well, I want to say their first women's team, but the, you know, the, um, I want to say they were the first women's team, right? Uh, here in San Antonio. First one I was aware of uh, back in, yeah. So I don't know if there was anything, you know, way back in the day or something like that, but first I'm aware of. But, you know, so I, I know they got quite a bit of pub for being that, but, um, you know, to me, like I said, it was exciting. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, any other any other news that we have for kind of on the lower levels, you know, uh, you know, men's or women's? I can't. Um, I believe uh, didn't Alamo come out to say that they're going to have their men's uh, tryouts? Uh, Good call. They're, yes, they're going to have a couple in March and then one towards uh, July, and I think it's going to be for their 2019 fall team. Yeah, the, yeah, mm -hmm. they start in 2019 fall. Um, what league are they playing in? UPSL, once the uh, pro reg comes, that's when they'll be moving in yeah. as one of in those. The, in the second division, right? In the yeah, second they'll division. be in the second division when, when they're going to come in corrupt. Exactly. Pro rail, yes. Dude, it's here, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this helps the uh, popularity of the league for all the uh, pro rail fanatics. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's here. So, uh, as you mentioned, though, Alamo City men's will have their tryouts. Uh, their first tryout is going to be March 9th and 10th. Um, so that's, uh, only two weeks away. So yes. yeah, uh, that's, that's soon. Uh, they're gonna have a couple other tryouts because as you mentioned, won't be starting until the fall season. So, uh, Harry, I saw, uh, where you had shared that earlier. Thank you for uh, posting that. And, uh, but yeah, I, th I think that basically kind of covers all the player announcements. Um, as you mentioned, I, I know you said, Harry, that, uh, weren't sure kind of what John had planned, uh, for this upcoming season, just to try and, you know, a little bit more notoriety or whatever. Um, I know he was trying to schedule some friendlies and stuff like that, and uh, we'll see if they can get anything kind of solidified. Um, just always, you know how it is, trying to find fields and yes. agreed upon times and all that kind of stuff. So I know he's actively uh, trying to do some different things here, but we'll just have to wait and see kind of what shakes out here in the next couple weeks. But um, that, I, that's what I am looking for is if we can get some friendlies between the uh, between the you know between Alamo City. Blossoms, um, the Athenians and Samba. I think that would be kind of cool, you know. You know, especially if they could have kind of, you know, and you know, I don't think it's practical, but it would be kind of awesome if you could have like a double header of, you know, Team A versus Team B, C versus D, kind of in, in a central location to where everybody could kind of come out and um, see see all the women players and, and, and to be able to support them and uh, you know for you know for that here, but. Uh, Speaking of friendlies and, and San Antonio, one you know, uh, FC went through here. Uh, you know, as far as with the San Antonio, you know, I typically like to start with the uh, you know, the, uh, De development academy here. Um, another great weekend, uh, for that here. They went on the road and uh, all three teams uh, beat Lone Star. Uh, the U13s won three to one. Uh, so far in 2018, I just looked at 2018 real quick, they're five and oh. 
Um, however, their next match is going to be interesting uh, on this weekend, March 2nd here. Uh, they're playing uh, Solar Soccer Club, and they played them twice last September. Um, lost 5-3 and 6-0. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of keep that streak on because, uh, you, know, you know, looking at the results here, um, early on, uh, they struggled, uh, but, you know, you know, you're looking at recent form, um, they're, def you know, they've definitely got it together, you know, compared to when they first started, uh, the youth 14s, uh, won six, one over Lone Star, they're four and one, um, they kind of split, uh, against Solar that, you know, they won six to one and then lost two to one last September. And then the fourth ranked, uh, U15s won three to one, they're five and zero over, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, for February. Um, and, uh, they beat solar four to nothing in September. So, you know, um, you know, you know, action starts at noon. Um, and then also on the opening weekend of uh, San Antonio SC, um, if you can get out, uh, you know, the, the U13s, you know, kick the ball off at high noon, um, against Texans, uh, or Texans soccer club out of Houston. Um, and then I know, you know, you know, the 14s, 15s, I think they start an hour and a half, uh, you know, after, uh, you know, after, um, after the kickoff there, I think it's one thirty, and then, um, four, I believe is the next one there. So, um, and then you'll have the tailgates, you know, from, you know, mission city crocketeers. So, um, I'd really hoping to see quite a few people out on March 9th, you know, supporting, um, not only SAFC against Phoenix, but also, you know, the Academy kids on opening day. I think that'd be awesome to. Uh, have quite a few, uh, you know, supporters groups uh, or supporter members and, and supporter groups fans, yeah. um, as well as fans going out and supporting, you know, the, the Academy kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Solar, so, I know solar always has a pretty strong club. I mean, they've been around forever. They were uh, pretty prominent up there in Dallas whenever I was growing up playing. Oh, so yeah, solar is one of those, I mean, Dallas cup winners, you know, very, very prestigious club uh, for Dallas Fort Worth. So definitely a good matchup there, but so San Antonio, there's uh, quite a bit of off the field news. I think I think off the field's been more important than the action that we saw on the field. Well, uh, I, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting because you know we talked about that and how quiet like the off season has been. You know, and well, hopefully they're just working on something like really awesome and it's going to come out or whatever, because we hadn't heard anything really about season ticket memberships or, you know, things like that. And uh, I kind of want to start with the first announcement, actually, um, of the new um, Behind the Stripes podcast. Right, by Preston Luis. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know I've had a few people kind of reach out to me just like, uh, you know, what do you think about this? Or, you know, uh, seen some comments on social media and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes it's easy just to kind of forget what the overall goal of this podcast and, and uh, Soy Saf and um, Texas Soccer Radio. and No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's, was uh, that play of the day or? Uh, God, no, I'm not trying to be a dick. Play of the game. Okay, play of the game podcast. But, you know, the, the, the whole reason that, that we do this is just to kind of try and bring attention and, and talk about the club, you know, because uh, unfortunately – uh, there isn't a lot of attention out there. So I'm excited that Luis and Preston are doing this. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be cool that they're going to talk to players and that, you know, fans and even us are kind of going to get a behind the scenes look at uh, what goes on, you know, within the organization and everything. Uh, to me, the more the better. You know, though, like I say, the whole reason we're doing this is just to kind of try and promote the sport and talk about what's going on and, and give credit where credit's due. So, uh, in, in my opinion, the, the more the merrier. And it, it's definitely something that I know I'm going to be listening to. And uh, 
I hope, you know, you guys listen to it. Maybe we can even talk about, you know, some of the things that they discuss and, and just our own feelings about that, you know. But uh, what did you think when they first announced that? I was excited. And the reason why is Energy FC, you know, I don't know, you know, I, most people know I listen to podcasts. Um, Energy FC does off-pitch podcasts. It's by their communications team. And, you know, and I know I've seen some social media comments saying, hey, it's, you know, it's going to be a mouthpiece for the team, which it is. But it's a good, to me, it's a great thing. Um, number one, they can get their message out, you know, because how many times have we talked about the lack of transparency with, you know, SAFC, you know, about, hey, you know, why are they doing, why are they doing things here with Preston and Luis? You're going to be able to, you know, you know, from all everything I've seen, you know, they're very open to questions, and you know, I'm assuming if they can answer it, they'll answer it. Now that'll be a, a separate question, which we'll kind of go into if, if if they don't, or you know, try to expand on it. But to me, just you know, the additional player access, mm-hmm. to me, them being able to kind of explain, hey, this is why we're doing this is something that's been implemented. I think it's a great thing. Now it, it's competition, you know. You know, you could kind of say for us, because you know, you know, one of one of the concerns that you had, you know, when we first started was, hey, we should do thirty minutes compared to an hour, just because you know, how, you know, how much time frame do you actually have to listen to podcasts? But I think it's becoming a more accepted, you know, media, you know, uh, you know, thing to where you can put it in while you're working out, driving home, you know, just you know, have it on in the background for the hair. So I'm all for it, and, and and like I said here, I'm sure it'll give us information to talk, you know, for it here now. Um, I'm also a realist where, you know, hey, they're probably not going to go as negative on the team, um, you know, that that the indie podcast will do. Um, but, you know, they're, they're team owned. They're going to try to spin it in a, in a positive manner. And as long as you go in with that that, that mind mindset. frame and, mm-hmm. and, you know, to me, like I said, if they can kind of replicate what off-pitch podcast does at, with, you know, with, with Oklahoma City Energy, to me, it's 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 a great asset, and, and I'm all for it. And like I said, I was really excited that that they're gonna engage the fans because one of the big things that we try to do is kind of be a voice for them. They're gonna have their own voice, which you know, if, if we're honest, that you know, as a, as a fan of the team, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't understand how anybody can really take it as a, as a negative. You know, getting more information, more inside. You know, you know. To it now we've got to see what they do with it of course um but um you know my limited interaction with preston and Luis is you know you know has been positive they're also you know obviously pretty uh smart guys you know you know besides preston being a cowboy fan but you know you're a cowboy fan so i deal with it so <laughs> jose what about you man you hoping for a uh, san antonio c how do you say between the stripes in spanish uh entre las francas i believe um uh, you know, it's just what Harry says, it's not going to be, a, if you're looking for that controversial uh, player critique type of podcast, uh, more opinion-based podcast about, uh, you know, this player shouldn't be on the field, or this player has been not playing up to level, it's not, it's not, this is not going to be it. Sure. It's going to be more of a, of a, think of it as a Twitter, but a, a, an audio form. You know, you, on Twitter, you see, um, um, the videos. Uh, quotes, quotes of player quotes. quotes. You know, maybe they'll have the the actual audio of the players, um, interviews with uh, people from the club, maybe from the 
from down from you know the the, the guy that done an incredible job this year at, at the groundskeeping mm-hmm. to maybe all the way up to Tim Holt, uh, mm-hmm. you know, interviews like that. That would be interesting to 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 listen to. Um, you know, uh, maybe uh, interview some of the um, front office people. You know, uh, the, the the ticket reps and and stuff like that. Not just the players, uh, coaches, um, academy kids. You know, that, the, that's going to be that kind of uh, podcast. It's not going to be an opinion based. Um, you know, like like we went hard last year on, on uh, on who was named the captain. Yeah. So it's not gonna be that type of. Part. It's gonna be so more. There'll be no Diego versus. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, no f bombs. No. no. <laughs> it is. It is a a, a door uh, for the for that being open. Absolutely. You know, to, the fans to to look more deep into the club. Absolutely. And you know what? There's a lot of fans out there, too, that, you know, they, they probably don't get into it like as deep as what some of the, the diehard, you know, the people that listen to us and, and listen to play the game and stuff like that. You know, hopefully it gets more fans involved in just listening during the week to what's going on with the team so that they can kind of become advocates and stuff like that for San Antonio FC here in the city. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on that, Jose, 100 percent. But so I, I think the that's one, great. News. The one guy that they need to interview, though, is the bus driver. Um, <laughs> I bet he has stories. Dude, he's an awesome dude to talk to, and, and <laughs> stories you know, like I said here that, that you know that he's kind of talked to us about. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's that would be kind of an awesome behind the scene, you know, an interview with the bus driver and, and like I said, the equipment manager. Guy, so. Yeah, Dave Susie uh, is the field director. I was sitting there trying yes. to think of his name, Jose. Yeah, yeah, he's done an amazing yeah, job dude, you know, with that that maybe, pitch. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be nice to hear. From him, uh, from his side to see what you know how it is on a game day as far as how do you even get into that? Day. Like you go to college yeah. to learn how to grow grass, you know? Like, I don't know. I, but but he but he manages like everything from the stadium. Yep, yep. Grass to the concession stands to the to the um, food and concession beer providers. I mean, it's it's. It, it, I mean, I I think it would be interesting to hear something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I'm Speaking all for of it. concessions. Uh... <laughs> Not, not gonna happen last week. We'll just I'll just leave it at that. It's preseason. They were warming up. It just that was the weak part of the uh, the game. Hey man, the game. I tell you what. If, before the game, uh, what about that graffiti night? Yeah, yeah. The graffiti night was awesome. That was the day before the game, right? And it was Thursday. Uh, yeah, th- Thursday. Two nights, Two nights before nights. the game. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, Thursday Y'all night. Out there, tell us about it. Yeah, Thursday night, graffiti night. Um, somehow me and Harry missed each other uh, in that little tunnel. Um, I don't know if really? I was out of the field. Yeah. yeah, when he was leaving or what. But I didn't even realize that was AJ's artwork. I was telling him the next day. I, I saw where he had put the uh, Didich uh, uh, thing on there. And I, I didn't even realize it was his, you know, until I saw uh, San Antonio FC post that tweet. But uh, it was a great turnout, man. Um, there were probably a couple hundred people there. Um, you know, I don't think they really expected that many people, honestly, to show up. Um, just kind of based around the the spacing and stuff like that that they had for people. I I don't think they really anticipated filling that whole tunnel just purely with the fans, you know, and and, and how many people showed up to write messages of encouragement, and uh, you know, um, um. Coach Powell was there. Um, Tim Holt was there. I'm sorry, I was just drawing a blank. And I think it's really cool that they just make themselves available like that to the fans and, and everything. And, you know, it just uh, it's one of those things where um, last season, I don't, I don't know, something about it just made it not feel as much like a, a small town kind of club, you know, like it, like 
it's been in the past. And uh, I think that just seeing those guys out there and the way that they're just open to talk about their players, you know, if you have questions or anything, you know, I mean, Coach Powell answered anything I, I asked him, you know, and, and so did Tim Holt just regarding the team, the locker room, whatever, you know. So um, I thought that was pretty cool that, that those guys showed up and they just make themselves available, you know, day in and day out for the fans when they don't really have to. So what did you think, Harry? Did you guys have a good time? I loved it. It likes out here. My kids did the painting and, you know, it was, you know, kind of, Hey, you know, let's not mix and make, you know, mix and match the paint and, um, you know, be careful not, you know, cause last thing I wanted to do was come home with paint all over and then I get in trouble, but no, it was, <laughs> <laughs> they thought it all through. It was really well organized too. How they had the stations. It, it was awesome. And what I thought, cause we got there right, you know, right at seven and, and you know, you know, we went up to the, through there and, um, I know the Crocketeers and, and Mission City worked on, you know, some awesome two work, big um, pieces. Art pieces or, you know, uh, right near midfield and, and, you know, heads off, uh, you know, outstanding job by, you know, by those that did that. Cause I'm not a very creative person and, and you know, it was awesome work to see. And, mm -hmm. and hopefully, um, hopefully, it, you know, if you're a SAFC season ticket member, hopefully everybody gets the opportunity to go see that wall at some point during the season. Cause yeah, we, I left right around eight, which I think is right when you were kind of coming in. And, you know, when they went through and did the video of it, you know, where we thought, hey, the wall's already kind of full. They filled in Came even back. more, you know, to, you know, to where, you know, it went basically from the locker room all the way to, to the stadium, um, all filled in, and, you know, I know I sent them a message saying, I hope this becomes an annual event. You know, you'll have to, you know, paint over it, white it out, whatever you want to, you know, to refresh the wall. But um, I can't imagine a better event, you know, that SDFC, especially compared to last year. Um, you know, I think last year the big one they had was um, the pickup of, of the bobblehead. Um, you know, and I know Mondays, I think it was what Monday you're going to be able to pick up your, your season ticket stuff. And then they had the, the jersey reveal. But they were all at, at you know, uh, you know, restaurants and, and and clubs. But it didn't have that intimate feel. I think this one had that kind of family, you know, family vibe of, you know, the SAFC family. You know, you're, you know, the kids were able to go out on the on the on the pitch. Um, you know, they were able to sit in the player seats. Um, one thing they did mention that I didn't see happen. They mentioned that there was going to be a TFO uh, party and then also a champ practice. I didn't see either one of those there. So. Um, that might be something that we need to, you know, because we looked around just to kind of, you know, say, hey, if there was, but um, that would be my only negative on it is, is that they did say there's going to be more more stuff there, and I don't know if that was going to be more supporter driven. Um, that that was missed um, on that, um, but then they came out this afternoon with the SAFC app. Uh, have you guys downloaded it yet? Tested it out as yet? I just, I just downloaded it right now, but I haven't played with it or anything. So I'm I said, to get, get yeah, I downloaded tickets, it when I got off. But it seems pretty good. It seems pretty cool. Yeah, it looks like a super fan you uh, makes it. And I was just kind of looking to see um, what exactly uh, they do and everything. And it looks like they kind of specialize uh, in creating some of these reward program type apps and stuff like that. Um, I hadn't actually dove into it yet. I did download it. I just haven't signed in, but um, was yeah. looking through some of the different pictures and stuff like that that they had shared. Uh, on social media and uh, everything and uh, it looks like you can go in there and you know there's rewards there's tickets the one thing i was kind of curious about though like are we not going to get a season ticket member card now then is, nope. is that done 
Nope. It's, it's all going to be digital now. It's my understanding. Just like, well, it should be just like you had when you went into the preseason game. Um, for yeah. Right here. You know, it's all going to be along those lines. What, what if they release like a, a season ticket member pin? I mean, just, just something, you know, I've got my card from both the previous seasons, you know, to have some sort of physical memorabilia. Like I, I know there's the season ticket member scarf and something, you know, but just something smaller sure. that you can kind of carry around in your wallet or something like that. It's just kind of cool to uh, hang on to that type of stuff for memorabilia. Yeah. I, I think the cards will be, you know, even if you can't use them to get in, but just to say that you've got them, you know, with your seats, you know, cause you know, you know, to me, there was nothing better growing up, you know, if you had season tickets, you know, um, you know, is, and I know they don't do it now, but you know, like baseball, you know, when you get your stack of season tickets or, you know, the NFL season, or you even going back to the Scorpion years, um, when you got your season ticket, you know, booklet that had the individual tickets and, you know, the, you know, the, you know, you know, you check out, Hey, who's on what ticket, you know, along those lines. Yeah, you know that's that's one of the things that I kind of miss. You know, I, I like you know the ease of hey, here's my phone going through here. Um, you know, of course, then the issue comes in: what happens if you know the site's down and you can't get in? Are they not going to let people in, or how are they going to get around that? So that that'll be the uh, the interesting. I, I kind of wish they would have had it prior to the friendly to be able to kind of just have one test um, compared to opening night where. You know, you got to figure majority of people are going to be using the app to, to get in. I, I would assume. Do do any do you guys know if any other teams USL teams have uh, apps? I know there's. I think uh, some do. Okay, I, I, I'm trying to remember specifically who now. That you yeah yeah, but I know I've seen like one or two that have commented on social media or something that their team has an app. Um, so for I sure, Keen had an app. So <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of Keen FC. Well, Keen had one, and, and we talked about him. You know, you know, you know about hey, you know, trying to make it a little bit more, you know, especially you know here in the UPS Central, try to you know, try to see if you can make that a little bit more common uh, across across the board between the teams. But mm-hmm. when you got some teams that don't even have social media, it's kind of hard to say hey, you know, have a get an app, have get an app. <laughs> Well, so, uh, let's get into the game then. Uh, we're coming up on an hour already. Yeah, let's let's start talking about some San Antonio FC match. So it was kind of a little you know, a little funky as far as the setup. It was what a forty-five minute you know uh, first half, which was right, and then thirty minutes uh, for the uh, second, and then they had a bonus you know game uh, for here. So the starting lineup for San Antonio was Cardonian goal. Green, Yarrow, Didic, and Akan. Uh, so that seems you know for that here. Couple of changes on midfield. Uh, Lahood, you know, got the captain over uh, Pekka. Uh, Christian Pirano, uh, number what, 19. Yep. Uh, was in the other midfield position. Uh, and then up front, you had Barnby, Lang, and Guzman. So I think that's pretty close to the starting lineup. Um, to me, Pekka, Lahood, I think yeah, I think those are going to be the two captains. Um, Lahood, you know, you know, is a veteran, you know, high high experience. Um, and then, you know, in the 63rd minute, uh, you know, Pirano came off uh, with a Ethan Bryant sub. And I think if they're wanting to go more attacking, I think that's I think that's pretty close to the starting lineup that you're going to see. Is, is, you know, what's your feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 
pretty much good with that starting lineup. Um, you know, the hood, I really didn't feel like we really got to see much from um, the entirety of the scrimmage. And he just didn't get that many touches, unfortunately. You know, it wasn't that he played poorly or anything. I just, he wasn't really involved very much. Um, so I, I didn't really get a great feel for him. Um, Barnby looks like is going to be the, the free kick taker uh, based upon, he mm -hmm. took basically all the attempts, I believe, during the game on uh, Saturday and I was watching him in warm-ups uh, before the match, just kind of doing some free kicks and stuff like that. And I don't know if I'm sold on him yet for our, our free kick taker. Uh, you know, that first opportunity he had, he kind of just wasted. Uh, the second one was a little bit closer to frame, if I remember correctly. But uh, definitely going to have to uh, keep a close eye on that because I wonder if he's going to be the uh, free kick taker throughout the season. But Jose uh, Pirano, man, uh, tell us a little bit about what you thought of him. You, you said you weren't surprised, really. Uh, when we saw him out there on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, he said, watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you shamed all of us, Jose. I've been here since day one. Do a little bit of reading. Uh, that's from the famed uh, River Plate Academy. Okay. Argentina. Okay. Uh, it's a, a soccer producing, um, you know, academy. Monster. Ships, ships, yeah, ships talent all over the world. MLS, uh, Liga MX, Europe. Even Dallas um, Cup, man. They're, they're another yeah. one that you see them every year. You know, you hear that name. Yeah. The top two, there's they're the one of the top two teams along with Boca uh, in Argentina. So okay. yeah, um, and uh, he believe I believe he played uh, in the in their academy. He started off and then he went over to um, oh man, the name escapes me. But he he didn't play first team minutes. He played more in their in their U uh, nineteen U twenty squads. But um, man, he's he's a fast he's a fast guy. He's oh. uh, he's he's very tenacious. Uh, like Argentinian players tend to be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he has that. He has that. Uh, you know that. Um, garra, scrappy. Yeah, scrappy. Uh, so you know, you, you you would see him players committing fouls on him, but he wasn't falling. Mm -mm. Um, who else does that? A, a, a fellow uh, uh, Argentinian, Messi. You you you. Slow you down. Slow down. I'm not saying he plays <laughs> like Messi. I'm just saying you know. That's he, stay he, on your feet. You don't not, see that yeah, often. That stay on the feet. Yeah, I got like, you. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to take the dive like the Brazilian mm -hmm. do. Um, so, so he, he, I mean, he has a, he has a, a very uh, different style of play that we have not seen in San Antonio. That's for sure. Uh, and, and you can no. tell, you can tell by the way um, he, uh, when he came off the field, you know, uh, he got a good, uh, a stand a, ovation. Stand, almost, as well, me, almost a standing ovation, especially for yeah. the preachers. Yeah. So, this could be like, from the kid, it's a long season though. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and this could be my own stupidity, but you guys mentioned the uh, standing ovation. I was a little confused. I kind of honestly at first thought that the standing ovation was for Ethan Bryant coming on the pitch, not the performance of – you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, Ethan been. Bryant's the been getting star, a lot of fame. The star of the match for everybody was – Pirano. I, but standing ovation, like I've never seen a standing ovation at Toyota Field for like hardly well, I, I anyone. But it was – It was a, it was it was a standing ovation. Applause, we'll say. It was a standing I, – I was there. I saw people standing. It was a standing ovation. But like I say, I was just kind of curious if it was Ethan Bryant coming on the pitch with all the announcement, all the hype around him. Or when you guys had mentioned kind of on social media, I saw, oh, standing ovation for Pirano coming off. I was like, well, typically that's who you're cheering for, right, is the guy coming off, not the guy going on. But I, I think it was like a 50-50. I think half of the people were probably cheering for Pirano and then half of the people were cheering for Ethan Bryant coming on the they pitch. They were doing it for both. They were recognizing that the uh, Pirano played well and also recognizing that 
hey, it's Bryant. Bryant's, uh, you know, he had just come back from the National. USA uh, camp. Yeah. Yep. So, so I was just curious. Yeah, I was, I was just curious. Mm-hmm. So the question comes in. He's 19. Um, you think Powell will play him? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, you take, you know, because looking at the lineup here, if if you got uh, Barnaby, Lang, Forbes, and Guzman, and the back's fairly set, to me, it, to me, it's going to be depending on how on how Coach Powell sets up the team. Are we going to go more defensive with Pekka and LaHood? I don't think Are we so. This go more offensive with you know LaHood or Pekka or or Pirano, you know, or, and even Rafa, I guess. But to me, I think Rafa's Rafa's more, a, uh, Rafa is more sub, you know, sixty mi- plus minutes, you know, along those lines. That that last last little bit. We're missing Walter Restrepo. Did you guys see him in any of the two matches? No. Oh uh, yeah, actually... I, watched, I stayed for the for the whole thing. He, in the second match, dude, he got to, he got lit up by one of the El Paso players, and there was almost a, a, a friendly uh, pushing uh, brawl. <laughs> That's kind of when I like started, like probably about ten minutes into that that um, third half or whatever you want to call it, that extra game. That, third, that, that's about, quarter. yeah, third quarter. That's about when I left, man. It started getting a little ugly, you know, for a preseason oh, friendly. And, uh, you know, I was actually asking Billy about that. And uh, he said, man, nobody wants to lose. You know, that, that's how competitive this team is right now. Even in a preseason friendly, nobody wants to lose. So, I mean, that to me is a positive takeaway. Uh, just kind of my thoughts from the roster real quick or from the preseason match. And then, Jose, you know, if you just want to kind of give your overall thoughts on the mm-hmm. match, anybody else that stood out to you. Um, I thought seeing that connection between uh, Lance and Billy early on was really exciting. Um, you know, you saw Lance send a couple across to Billy. Um, one thing about Billy, though, that, that he's going to have to get used to playing on that right-hand side is that dude was all the way over on the uh, left line multiple times. So just kind of getting that discipline to stay over on his half of the pitch, I think is going to be something that, you know, he kind of, we see him struggle with a little bit from time to time. Luckily, a Pirano is a runner, so I think he made up for a lot of ground uh, in that regard because he had a lot of space to cover. Uh, one thing about Pirano, though, that I did kind of start to notice towards the end of the uh, second half, like you mentioned, Jose, he doesn't go down. Uh, but, you know, teams, I think, get frustrated with players like that. And when you hold on to the ball just a little bit too long, the referees aren't going to give you that call either. You know what I mean? When you're holding yeah. it up and trying to take on two guys and, and getting double teamed, the referee's not going to call a dive, you know, because you held on to the ball for too long. So just one thing maybe for him to kind of look out for or whatever as the season progresses. Um, but as far as that back line goes, man, um, Didich is aerial. He shuts it down. Uh, you know, he's basically like Sip, if not a little bit taller. Um, so I, I think he's going to fill in those shoes quite well. Uh, Green kind of surprised me a little bit because he got isolated a little one-on-one uh, over there, and, and I thought did a pretty good job defending it in one-on-one situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Yarrow, uh, he's very vocal uh, back there on that back line. He's the one always yelling, always telling players where to go. He was helping Akon out a lot with just who to mark and everything else. So um, I think those I think three. That's key though with Matt because yeah. Matt Matt's not you know I'm not and, and that's that's something that we've kind of had concerns you know especially when you're going back to the Diego versus Cardoni is you know um, Diego would would verbally you know be, you know be that voice in the back where Matt's you know more that silent leader and and um, not saying he can't do it because I've seen him do it but. Um, yeah, that's the thing I kind of picked up with Yarrow is, is you could tell he's probably going to be the quarterback, you know, for the back line, for the back line, which 
I don't ever remember having that last year. And, and, you know, I think that may have been kind of why everybody's been uh, moved out, you know, even including fan favorite set. But to me, you know, like the, the, the Yarrow and Diddick, you know, to me, they excite me. I, I, I don't see, I think at least unlike last year where you saw a lot of movement within the roster outside of the midfield, I don't know if you're going to see a lot of, movement you know outside of injuries and and maybe sure. you know one or two things on, on on the wings but i think the back four is going to be pretty set um for that now what who started in the uh you know second match was uh jonathan viscosi yeah and i wasn't that impressed like you know when, when we were talking about trying to find a replacement for Akon, yeah. i wasn't that impressed with that second back line that came on on the pitch uh there and now one of them which i thought was cool um and and uh, mason tweeted out with the runners that uh mitch hopkins was one of the trialist mm-hmm. uh, i believe he was the one in you know uh, the, in, the, in the back next to uh pasquale Busi. Um, Fenwick and then Leroy Pekka was, which was captain Bryant stayed on Rafa, you know, Restrepo, um, and then a trialist. And then Alex Bruce was up for, up front. Um, you know, again, you know, from my understanding, um, uh, the, the Loney from, uh, Los Angeles, Scally Bradford, I forget what his last name was. Um, Oh, for Bradford. Yeah. From LA galaxy too. Bradford, I know it's Bradford, I forget what it is, but from my understanding, just, you know, I was kind of surprised he didn't see the pitch, but, for, you know, he just got here and I guess he's still trying to get fit along those lines. So um, I'm assuming this week's matches will, will probably be a little bit better, uh, you know, you know, better better idea of, of the, the second or, or third team. But um, my only negative lineup wise, I didn't really see any big changes from last year to this year. I think we got a little bit better and, um, I was hoping maybe more of a two up front, you know, or, you know, a four, three, three, which, um, you know, and speaking with Royce, I, I believe they kind of, when they set them back, they're in more of the traditional, but when they're going forward, it's going to be more of a four, three, three, but, you know, then again, it is preseason. So it's, you know, you know, are you really wanting to show your cards that, you know, at this point, um, but, uh, no, that, not that especially against El Paso, a team that you're going to have yeah, to play. Yeah, so yeah I don't. I don't think Powell has shown all his all his cards. That's for sure. But, yeah. no, I, I thought it, it was entertaining. You know, you saw some things that the team still needs to work on. You know, you know the finishing touch still not there. I think both teams had opportunities. Um, I think the El Paso goaltender was the goal of the match on their side because you know he had a couple excellent saves where you know San Antonio FC did put it on frame and, and probably should have scored. Um, but uh, zero zero. You know. You know, not much to write home about, but even if they won 10 to nothing, still nothing to write home about other than, you know, gives us a little bit, hey, they did great. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think for, for, for me, um, the biggest, uh, I like Dirich. I like, I like Green a lot. Um, the midfield, like you guys say, uh, was good. Um, but what's concerning me is, is the lack of involvement of Eric Guzman. Um, I don't see him get the ball uh in spaces or 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 ways he can he can he can improve or help the game flow um he's he's usually receiving receiving the ball as a as a post with his back to the goal. Out, right he was, yeah he was with the ball out. to the goal he has to come back and get in order to get some touches on the ball because up front he, he him by himself and having the, the the two wingers there's not really all the the both central defenders are on him so they're 
there there has to be something has to be done there. Maybe include a second attacker. I'm not sure, or somebody from the midfield to join them to draw one of those um, <laughs> defenders uh, defenders that are covering him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's kind of worrying to me. It, it's preseason again, so uh, we'll see how that uh, changes or if it can change. But um, I think that's where where improvement needs to be made. Uh, getting ever uh, more involved in the game. Because uh, all I really saw was him tracking back to get the ball or or receiving yeah, the ball, play, doing that. playing pivot and receiving it with his back to the goal and and, yeah. and, and uh, passing it out to the wings or whatnot. Or there was cross coming in from Billy Lang, but he had two guys on him and it's he's not going to be able to do anything, especially right. not being a, a big body, you know. But right. that's the same issues they had last year though, right? Well... Well, I think some of the problem with that, though, too, um, was, you know, Billy looked like 2017 Billy, which, uh, in my opinion, is both a good thing and a bad thing. Uh, You know, Billy's got a lot of talent. He's a great player on the ball, uh, but he definitely holds on to it for too long. You know, he doesn't give it off. And Lang is almost the exact opposite. He's almost too selfless. Like, he had that one chance where he was one-on-one with the goalie. Yeah, he passed it over. I was like, you got to shoot that. (laughs) I'm sure he's kicking himself a little bit, like, all right, next time I got that. But, you know, you see that sometimes with Billy where, again, he loses it. You know, he hangs on to it. Guzman might be open in the middle. Lang might be open for a cross. But, you know, like you said, it's preseason. Hopefully they can get Guzman a little bit more involved, throw another attacker up there. And I guarantee you if, if Lance and Billy start connecting because they're they're scheming on Guzman, they're going to start to take away some of those defenders from the central and start to play them a little bit out wide. Because one thing I did see different in their attack is San Antonio C switched fields constantly. I mean, whether it was there in their back line, switching it, you know, I don't really remember seeing that a whole lot last year. And it could have just been my, my vantage point, you know, being there in 118 versus kind of at the 50-yard line where you see. You know that. Uh, congratulations. Scott's got a, uh, a media pass uh, for, for games this year. Now he's got to apply each week and, you know, got to prove himself. So congratulations. <laughs> get to hang with the big wigs, you know, uh, Kyle and. What, Kyle, Aaron, uh, who else? Steven was up there. The hard part is not getting there. The hard part is maintaining yourself there. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jose. Yeah, no, that that is exciting news, though. So we have officially been approved by San Antonio FC as uh, official media. So for uh, player interviews and things like that, you know, we we, kind of have that access now after the games to uh, be able to interview Coach Powell and hopefully have some sound bites and stuff like that from some of those interviews for this show. So uh, that is exciting news. I'm happy. Not for me. This is something that, you know, we've all accomplished. I mean, it hasn't just been me sitting on these things for the uh, last year talking. But you're the face of the team, buddy. Uh, It's exciting. So, no, I I mean, I'm excited about San Antonio FC. I I really think they have a good team. I think they are going to be more of an offensive team this year. I think talking with Tim Holt, um, you know, that, that's really kind of what their game plan is this season is to try and be more offensive. Uh, the league's changed so much. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of been a little bit of the downfall of SAFC is just kind of trying to keep up with how the league has, has been progressing. Yep, I agree. Were there any other topics that you guys can think of tonight? I, I know this one ran a little bit long with all the announcements and everything real, else. Real quick, what you guys think about the jersey? The white oh, one? Yeah, the jersey. The jersey, yeah, the new one. Yeah, I thought that was, you know, I, I wasn't expecting him to wear it uh, for the uh, preseason match. I thought that was a, a pretty cool surprise whenever they walked out and they were all in the uh, in the white jersey. But I think it looks pretty yeah. good, man. Uh, I, you know, I like it. Uh, I'm not hating on that at all. Uh, obviously, it's got the Texas flag on it. The one critique I kind of had is uh, I like the design with the stripes, like going up the shirt. 
I wish they would have done more with like maybe the red and blue, like from the Texas flag, like running up there with it or something, you know, like a little bit more color, like a little bit more Texas. Cause you can never have too much Texas America. Uh, but that was the, the only flames, thing. Some flames on, the oh, on or this one, big old Coors yeah. lot can over here, you know, America. <laughs> no, nah, but I, I thought they looked pretty sharp. I, I'm definitely, yeah, I didn't get the black and red one last season. I don't know if it was just the, the, the two dark colors. It didn't, because it's a pretty similar template jersey as what they had last year, right? It's not that mm -hmm. different. It's the, it's the same one, yeah. Yeah, it just it, I, for some reason it looks different in white. What do you think? Are, are, are you going to get it, Mr. Black Umbro? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, man. I'm still, you know, that Nike dry fit. Yeah. It kind of leers me away, man. Uh, my tech was too much. I hear you there. What about the uh, the training top? Uh, if you weren't a fan of the uh, jerseys, yeah. that red training top's pretty sweet. They, they have they have come out with uh, new gear this this off season. A couple of shirts, uh, a long sleeve shirt, I believe. Um, some more. And with the uh, uh, shirt announcement, they came out. I don't know if you saw in the link there that uh, they have their own uh, store now. So it doesn't, you know, I'm sure it yes. still ties into Soccer Factory, but. Uh, fan shop. Uh, I'm sure it's the online fan shop. Fan shop uh, for that here. Um, also, if you wanted to get the jersey, get it before the pre-sale and you get the uh, USL Championship uh, patch yeah. for free. So. Mm -hmm. Which um, I think makes it look cool. Maybe that's what I like about the jersey is the new USL Championship logo. It makes it look tight. Yeah. Well, Gordinho, any final thoughts, man, before we wrap up this episode and call it a night? I'm excited. I'm just real excited. Um, a lot of soccer going on and can't wait for it to start. Can't wait for uh, uh, the international game that we got going on and can't wait for SFC. Can't wait for the rest of the uh, teams to start playing. You know, um, it's a good time to be alive in San Antonio, especially if you're a soccer fan. So, um, Are there any uh, 6A Laredo high schools out there or are they, they 5A? Uh, no, uh, so Laredo used to be in one district, but uh, they split them. One is a five, one is a six. Okay. Um, and State uh, playoffs you know, maybe coming up here? Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe the, in the districts that they're on, the Laredo teams are, are for sure in the top three of their own districts. So. I saw yeah, they, that. They usually, they usually face off against either Corpus or uh, Edinburgh. Okay, from the Valley. That so, should be a good yeah, match. Valley, yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Harry, uh, any final thoughts, man, before we call it quits? Yeah, my final thought actually goes down to Laredo. Um, I want to give them a hat, you know, a, you know, a kudos, and I'm hoping to see this program go nationwide. But the Laredo Heat Youth Soccer Club and Academy is going to be initiating a, a unique uh, non-pay-to-play program uh, for in 2018 for the U12 boys, U14 boys, and U16 boys. Um, so, you know, you know, we always talk about the cost to pay, um, you know, want to give kudos to Laredo Heat for stepping up, but basically, uh, the players will not pay any training fees. They'll not pay for uniforms. They'll not pay for any travel costs associated with it, um, with the program. Um, they get to participate in the Houston Dynamo youth tournaments and, you know, Houston Dynamo coaching evaluations uh, for that here. Yeah. So that's huge. I mean, that's, that's a great thing. And, and, and like I said here, I know. Uh, you know, we, we comment quite a bit about Laredo and, and, you know, all the good work that they do down there. But this to me is, is one of the most impressive things, uh, you know, that, that they're doing um, or that they're instituting this year. And then like mm -hmm. said, hats off to them for uh, taking the step to do that. They, they, they've had that actually for, for several years now. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, since the Laredo heat left the, 
what was the PDL? Mm -hmm. uh, they went on they went on that two year uh, hiatus. Um, their their academy continued. Um, they did not quit on the kids. Uh, their academy continued, and uh, when they came back last year, you know that was one of their. Uh, I spoke to the owner, um, and that's one of his main focal points. You know, uh, just being being that Laredo is a low uh, income uh, city, mm -hmm. uh, it's him helping giving back to the community that has uh, given so much to him. So, um, yeah, uh, hats off. I know came across our feed. I saw a YouTube video on it, and, mm -hmm. and like I said, here it's one that. Yeah, uh, I, ho I hope it goes. I know San Antonio that, you know, they have their pro academy that has it, but I would love to see other academy you know, teams. And I know there's money. It's a business, you know, it's mm -hmm. wrong. But uh, um, to me, it was brought to my attention in, you know, on social yeah. media this week. And, you know, like I said here, I wanted to give them, you know, my yeah. final thought is is it's an awesome thing. And, and you know, to give kudos to another South Texas team, uh, you, can, you can't go wrong with that. As long as it's not RGB. <laughs> Hey, if RGV was offering a free camp for the kids in Edinburgh, no, it would still I suck would somehow. It, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, in what two years they'll be in San Antonio system, and then in three, <laughs> we'll just steal them. Be in the Austin Bowl. So, <laughs> yeah. you know. Don't say that. Real quick, uh, um, when I spoke to uh, the owner, they are looking into uh, getting um, uh, development academy uh, sanctions. So uh, they're working towards that. So playing the know, academy little kids, little by little, they're they're, they're doing big steps. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. My final thought, uh, we may have our first sponsor for the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, which would be awesome. Um, an alcoholic beverage? It, it's actually, so if we just start plugging Knockerball, uh, like every five minutes during our show, you guys will know why we can't stop. <laughs> The background system. Yeah, the little we'll do the shows from knocker balls while yeah. we're playing. No, they uh, they reached out, and uh, if anybody's looking for a knocker ball event, let us know. We've got a link. We'll get you a ten percent discount, and uh, kind of helps us out as well. So uh, I was going to talk yeah. to these guys about that and everything before. Can't go wrong with knocker ball. <laughs> knocker That's ball. over here in Alamo Ranch. The well, this is yeah. So they nice. they do like the individual things where you can rent them out for like birthday parties and uh, stuff like that. But uh, we'll we'll keep you guys uh we'll keep you all in tune. But yeah, next week we might all be in bubbles. So if we are, you know why. <laughs> but this is the San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Dude, AJ will be down for that. When <laughs> we out.